Say, action heroes, have you heard about Comic Book Informer? Well, neither have we. Comic Book Informer, like aged smoked Velveeta on a saltine. Hello, it's Tuesday, May 3rd, and this is Comic Book Informer with Marty, Vince, and Tim. Tim, what's your name? What's my name? You just said it. I'm but Tim. You are... Don't... Steve, edit that part out. <laughs> I'm Tim. There I'm is the no Steve. Oh, damn. I'm Tim, the real U.S. Asian, except no substitutes. And this week, Tim and I are taking over and classing up the joint, if not also ruining the joint. <laughs> and we're going to talk about some comics. We're going to talk about Old Man Logan, some Doctor Strange. And we're going to, you know, inject a little bit about uh, something we talked about on a show that you may have heard, all comics considered about boring characters. But uh, let's get going. Vince, how have you been? You know, last week I came over to your podcast and you know, a gesture of good faith. It was. And we, we had fun. We had fun. What happened? I don't know. I now was- I come to find out I'm you're being thrust upon me and taking over my show? Well, I mean, this is what happens when we deal with Roger. I think this is his idea of negotiating peace, just through showing, you know, shoving me over here, telling me what to do and how to run his baby. But we can still have fun. I guarantee you, Vince, we can still have a little bit of fun today. We'll see. Okay. So... I want to, let's start talking about some of the books that we've uh, we've all had a chance to read. Uh, let's open up with Old Man Logan. Is everybody how caught up are we with Old Man Logan? I am current. I've read all one through is it one through five or one through six. Uh, it is one through five came out uh, last week. So yeah. yeah, I read those. All right, so I'm I'm actually just a little bit behind. I'm actually in the process of reading Border Town. Um, Let's talk about this book. Uh, Jeff Lemire, killing it? Absolutely. Absolutely. We saw one, two, three, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> this, Something. this Logan is a Logan that everyone who's ever read X-Men has wanted to see um, Clint Eastwood play. Tired, worn out, bitter, on the edge. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were doing another one of those CBI bumpers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a comic we've talked about a lot over here because, I mean, Roger's, you know, a big Wolverine fan. And, you know, I like the guy as well. And it's been a while since either one of us have really liked a Wolverine story. And this is just hitting a lot of really good marks because it's the same character but at the same time very much not the same character and seeing the divergences between the logan we know and this logan has been endlessly entertaining and i thoroughly enjoyed them bringing him out of the battle world into this world like you know the first four setting him up and then Mm -hmm. being found by best x-men leader of all time storm uh and then just going through and talking about like how he's here to change the past and Riding his Harley with a big old X on it up to the frozen woods. I think it's just been one hell of an amazing ride. Uh, are we, what are we expecting? So what are we expecting out of this new arc? Heartbreak. Yeah. You don't yeah. introduce both a little girl and a dog. Yeah. Without things ending badly for at least one of them. Right. I've, I've been reading comics long enough to know. <laughs> something bad is going to happen. But this is Logan we're talking about. So if he's hanging out with a young girl, then that means he's going to try to mentor her. Mm-hmm. And I like, yeah, uh, she's going to turn into like Canadian wilderness, badass, no doubt. <laughs> Maybe she'll be all new, all different times to Wolverine in 20, 30 years. Who knows? Well, you know, if they stick with the same stupid naming conventions. That's how it's going to be. No, I've been, really enjoying it. I think everybody, regardless of whether you're here for us or here for Vince, you got to keep reading old man, Logan. The art has been phenomenal. Uh, it's just, it's got that 
that grit and that emotion that uh, Sorrentino has just been pulling off since his Battle World run. Um, and, uh, you know, did uh, Vince, did you read Green Arrow back when he was writing it or drawing for it? No, I've never read anything Green Arrow. Okay. I think, you know, I mean, the quality of this team makes me want to check out the Green Arrow stuff as well, um, which out of respect for Roger, yes, you heard that right, Roger, out of respect for you, that is the only DC, there's very few DC things I'm going to mention here because I uh, support your boycott. Um, was there anything else you want to talk about with Old Man Logan? I just feel like this is the Logan that I want to see Netflix cover if they ever do a TV show. Yeah. Because it's well, huge just huge like Ackman's it. catching up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, it's true. But that, I mean, that does have me worried. I don't think Fox's implementation of Wolverine has been this. And I think just slapping on an R rating for his last movie, which allegedly will be, uh, you know, Old Man Logan, I don't think they're getting the spirit that uh, Lemire and Sorrentino are basically able to evoke with just, you know, lines and color. I don't really foresee Fox being able to pull that off. Well, not only that, but just the entire concept of old man Logan that, you know, he's broken because of what happened during the villainous takeover and, you know, how he killed off all the X-Men because we'd had decades worth of storytelling about them becoming his family. And that's mm -hmm. not a story they've properly told in the movies. He's, yeah, we've gotten like little tiny bits of it, but he's still kind of like the asshole outsider. Like, it, <laughs> I don't think they could have the, any story could have the same effect that old man Logan did because, you know, they haven't done the work to get there. I agreed. Completely agreed. I, I Plus, you can't agree. have all the cool Easter eggs. I mm -hmm. half agree. I feel like they did a pretty good job of the last X Men movie Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like I felt like he connected with those X Men pretty well. Oh, uh, I can see that, and I yeah. especially loved Quicksilver. So my heart is sold on 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 that that series of X Men. I'm All right, in between on that, I'm I'm willing to. I mean, we talked about this last week, and I'm I will probably go see it in theaters. And uh, if they manage to pull off the feeling of you know Days of Future Past. With uh, with in terms of a uh, old man Logan story, then I will totally buy the Netflix series starring Hugh Jackman uh, done by Fox of old man Logan. Um, as long as they get like, you know, Lemire and, and team to help flush out those stories, because uh, I also have to say this. I think Lemire's doing I know Mark Millar made the character of old man Logan, but I think Lemire is really flushing it out and taking it uh, in the directions that it needs to go. And being yeah. very good about it. So I, I've been rereading a lot of Mark Millar stuff lately between, you know, Old Man Logan and Civil War. And I I haven't read anything of his in several years because, as I mentioned to you on Twitter, not interested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, his characters, all of his characterizations are pretty single note. Like he doesn't have a lot of depth to his writing. And that's something that Lemire has done and taken – that and changed it to be a more deep character like he's not just angry like there's reasons why he's angry and there's points where like he realizes he's maybe a little too angry and like it, it's what he does with that trauma that is really setting Lemire's old man Logan apart from what came before yeah to be fair Millar is is a deep writer four to five inches of blood deep <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh Tim you're my new favorite uh, don't tell Hannah. Uh, let's <laughs> you know, move on. Here's oh, don't worry. She doesn't really listen. Quick, before we move on past Logan, I really hope that uh, old man Logan and his newest protege, I hope it's not a setup for him to die so we can bring back young man Logan. I hope that when, you know, standard Wolverine comes back, we can have two Logans in the world. Like we can have two Hawkeyes and two Thors. Oh, no, it, it, two no I call, I'm calling it right now. Wolverine versus Wolverine is going to be the event of 2017. Yeah, totally. Let's revisit the, the Wolverine war. <laughs> Adamantium clash. Oh my God. No. Tell the, me uh, I'm wrong. No lie detected, but let's move on to talk about, uh, Doctor Strange, the... It's just them saying bub to each other over and over again. <laughs> bub? Who are you calling bub, bub? bub. 
Oh God. All right, Stumpy. Let's then move we on. Get the flashback to why Bub is such an important word to him. No. Okay. No. No. That's it. Seriously, we're going to Doctor Strange. So, who here has had a chance to catch up on who? How current are we with the uh, the Doctor Stranges? I read number one. Okay. I, I am now current. You are now current. So, Chris Bacalo and Jason Aaron are, I think, really making a push for. Uh, a well, a very well-told magic story in the modern Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, do you? And did you read the um, Last Days of Magic? Yes, I, I loved that. Okay, I think we should talk to Tim about Wu. So there is a new character. I think is a new character introduced by Jason Aaron. Pretty sure who, she's new. Yeah, who is uh, basically? Yeah, like the name suggests, she is a. If John Woo were to make a, a Hong Kong action movie starring a two pistol wielding magic user slash sorceress, she would be named the Woo and it would be this character. It was phenomenal. And she's Chinese living in Hong Kong as a cop and protecting the East from all sorts of uh, Western and Eastern and scientific threats. So, so, so she sounds like a Shaolin cowboy. Yeah. I have not read Jeff Darrow's masterpiece, so that is a oh. failing on my part. Wow. I know, right? And is what it spelled W U or W O O? W U. Okay, that's better. I'm gonna get mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to read this, um, and so I will probably have uh, figure out a way to send one to you. But um, we should also talk more about the Empire Call. Like, I think this is also a great addition as a villain for Doctor Strange, who has. We've never really had a. What was the last time we had a good Doctor Strange villain introduced? Yeah. Tim Dormammu. Dormammu. Dormammu, yeah. Dorm, okay. Baron Mordo. Like it's Nightmare. been a few decades. Yeah, it's right. This is this is new, and yeah, Dormammu's great, and Lord uh, Mordo, yeah, great. But this is something that a that uh we have done. This is a trope that we have seen before, but Aaron can use a trope well. And I think this is something that is going to make uh, his mark on Doctor Strange last more than just 12 issues. Um, So, Tim, uh, the Empire called the anti-magic people basically at the end of the last issue win. Um, And now Doctor Strange and his magic using buddies are on the run and they're kind of like guerrilla fighting this type of a war. Um, hunting for magic and uh, the last days of magic miniseries is introducing a couple of new characters uh, <laughs> introducing them right before it gets rid of them does he get, I mean how many of them does he actually cause doesn't get he doesn't get rid of cause and I don't think Wu dies um, but I think they're s- setting it up with like house because the magic users they're showing are nowhere on the level of a doctor voodoo or a doctor strange so it's it's going to be interesting to see how well these characters fare when their magic is taken away. Yeah. I'm because I'm, it's going to happen. Oh, of course it's going to happen, but I, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I also have like a weird, you know, the, the crazy Russian sorcerer reminds me of <laughs> crazy the Russian trench- sorcerer. Is awesome. Isn't he? I think he, but he totally reminds me of the trench coat brigade, John Constantine, Russian ancestor. Um, which is, you know, a miniseries I read years and years and years ago that is somewhere deep in the bowels of my house. Um, so I think we should be continuing to check out Doctor Strange. It's totally worth everyone's dollars. I'm super ready for Doctor Strange, Indiana Jones-style storytelling of them looking for these forgotten artifacts. And I want to see just how deep into the cracks of the Marvel Universe they can crawl. It's going to be a fun ride. So another thing, I if you're a I'd, wizard and you you lose your magic, don't you just retire and become like a pharmacist or something, <laughs> or an ad exec if you are completely soulless now? You know, whatever. But Auto, I did really like um, a couple of things here in issue seven. I mean, first of all, with the backstory of the empirical um, bringing in Shumagorath. I mean, I kind of fanboyed out for that for a second. <laughs> Mm-hmm. she's just such a ridiculous villain but the point of no 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 i don't blame shuma shuma's a demon demon's gonna demon mm-hmm. and you know you're blaming the things that people did in shuma's name and that's a, a, a very different 
spin to take for Doctor Strange, because usually it is the big bad evil that's responsible for everything, as well as, and this is something I've talked about a lot, especially uh, in reference to Aaron's Doctor Strange, is the magic feels real. Not like, you know, real, real, but there's weight to it. There's rules involved. Like there's different sources of magic. It's not just, you know, reaching into a portal and pulling up an I win weapon. It's there's a lot, not just now what we've seen with Doctor Strange, but like the stuff with uh, Doctor Voodoo and like all of mm-hmm. the way his magic works differently. And there's so much going on here that establishes the magic itself, which, as I've said before, is something that's been desperately missing from these comics for a long time. So, so that's interesting because I've always had a weird feeling about Doctor Strange's magic. What he does, he seems what he seems to do is he pulls energy or magical forces from giant devils and demons. Mm-hmm. He's always like, "All right, here's the Crimson Bands of Sytorak, who powers." Sytorak is not a good dude. <laughs> right, he's not a good guy. Or you know, and then he does other things like that. I'm like, well, how how are you the good guy? And you're pulling mystical demon energies. That's something something Aaron's really been exploring, that there's a cost to the stuff he's doing. Like even going back to uh, Hickman's Avengers with Doctor Strange. Exactly. There's there's starting to finally be a price that he's paying for all this crap he's been doing. Which I think will lend weight because Tim and I were talking before the show about... We, you know, we think DC, me specifically, the old Vertigo titles, did magic comics way better than mm-hmm. stuff in Marvel ever has. I mean, the list that Tim had, like within five minutes, Tim had a very long list. It was very impressive. Um, I think that uh, adding this weight and this texture to the world, like the cost of magic and the different forms that exist, like, you know, Doctor Strange isn't going to make it rain sharks. Well, El Mystico will make it rain sharp. El Medical Mystico certainly will. And I love him for it. Um, I clearly need to pick up this. Is it in trade yet? It's not in trade yet. It it might be a reason. I think the first volume should be out in trade by now. The first volume will be, but uh, The Last Days of Magic. Oh, no. uh, We're we're knee deep in that one. Yeah. We should help you find the store um, and help you find that book. It's super good. We've got one more book book we want to talk about before we move into some um continuing a conversation that we had uh last week where vince was just the most perfect guest um tim brought up a comic called american eagle so tim why don't you uh Ed, vince did you have a chance to uh, peruse this on marvel unlimited i managed to get through all eight pages in time yeah <laughs> awesome okay so tim why don't you talk because you this is your you introduced us to this book so why don't you introduce the rest of us to the book Sure. Just on a lark, I was uh, cruising through Marvel Unlimited, and I saw an entry for American Eagle, which is, you know, I won't even call him a B-lister. I call him a C-lister. But <laughs> even that's a little. <laughs> he, he is somewhere on a list somewhere for superheroes. <laughs> We're not quite sure where he's at. Um, but, you know, I've always I've got a soft heart for for heroes that uh, aren't on the, you know, the big teams. So anyway, um American Eagle is an eight-page digital short that Marvel has in its Marvel Unlimited service. Uh, and I read an interview with the author, uh, the writer Jason Aaron, who said that the short was intended to be a showcase for his uh, artist friend Richard Izanove, maybe? And uh, like I said, uh, American Eagle, a.k.a. Jason Strongbow, is a fairly obscure hero, uh, but he's one of the very few Native American superheroes that we see in the Marvel Universe. Um. He's clearly uh, uh, an interesting badass. He reminds me a great deal of Luke Cage, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but he's on his resident. He's the resident superhero on his on his reservation. He doesn't. Um, what I love about him is he doesn't waste a lot of words. He just lets his fists do the punching and the talking. Um, but but the thing that really enchanted me about this entire digital short wasn't um, that he was a badass. It wasn't the bad guy who was cotton mouth. Spoilers. It's just that uh, the writing was hilarious and deadpan and felt very true. Everyone in, in the, on, on the reservation, the two cops, were just matter of fact. Yeah, this is the thing that happens. Yeah, no, we got a guy for this. Other superheroes, you're on Navajo land. You need to get the blank out of here. Duck sound out of here. <laughs> <laughs> The only 
only thing that I hated about this digital short, which everyone should read, it's a quick read, is that we don't get to see uh, Jason Strongbow in a continuing series because I'm hungry for a lot more. I I really want to see so much more. Like maybe at the the back of Marvel Two and One, we can start from there. Also, also revive Marvel Two and One. See, I already know Marty's answer to this question, but did you see uh, American Eagle's appearance in Warren Ellis's Thunderbolts? I know he's in it. I, I read that he was in it, so I'm going to go dig through the back issues, but I haven't seen it yet now. Because, I, first of all, all of Warren Ellis's Thunderbolts is phenomenal. With him on writing and uh, Mike Diodato on art, absolutely fantastic. But basically, he's the first superhero they go after because this is post-Civil War when now he's illegal for being a hero. Mm-hmm. And he just murks the entire team. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, and the other thing is he's a uh, he's a uh, he's he's not eligible. He's a foreign you know sovereign on a foreign sovereign nation in the United States. So, well, at the time he was uh, living in like Phoenix or something. Yeah, that happens sometimes. Yeah, and I'm just assuming you read it, Marty, because I know you're a big Warren Ellis fan. I am. It's on my list. I haven't. I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> wow. I know to it. Like, um, my local comic shop had their 23rd, I believe, anniversary sale a couple weeks ago. And they basically, they set up a giant tent outside and empty out the stock room. So basically everything that's not on the store shelves is half off. And I got uh, a copy of the Caged Angels paperback from his Thunderbolts run, which is a, just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's when all the tension that's been building up over the previous issues just snaps. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to give away any of the stuff that happens, but it is pure insanity. And I got it for seven bucks. Nice. Well, the, the fact is it's free comic book day. My local store is going to have a huge sale. And you know what? Like I do love me Warren Ellis. Mike Diodato is one of my favorite uh, artists. And when Ellis picks the team to work with, because that's the deal mm-hmm. he has with Marvel, um, nine times out of ten, it's a home run. Even, even Karnak, Vince. Karnak is good. Karnak is good. When it comes out. When it comes out. That is also, but that's also the price that you have to pay yes, for a Warnell's yes. book. Like, will it be out on time? Probably not. But if if I'm going to debase myself to the point where I'm reading an Inhuman comic, I'm going to wait <laughs> until it's out to read. <laughs> well, I'm not going. I'm not going to wait around for it. Karnak number that's one fair. is in Marvel Uni- Marvel Unlimited. That's how long ago it came out, and they just released right. issue three. Issue three. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's Warren. Like, at least we got an issue two and three, right? Uh, mm. There's some uh, fell just literally fell off the map. Um, yeah, but that's Ellis. Um, now, I want to I want to join in on how wonderful this American Eagle short was because I uh, have not seen American Eagle, but I love the fact that. You know, the initiative crew, you know, like the local state Avengers post secret war trying to get into the Navajo reservation. The cops are like, "Mm, no. And also, like, you get the feeling in the book that American Eagle could take Cottonmouth. No problem. (laughs) But instead of just beating the crap out of them, there's like an actual thing. Like, you're going to start repairing the harm that you did. And it starts with burying the dogs that he brutally murdered because that's just don't need to go around killing dogs. That's just, just a wrong. Bad, bad move, man. So, and, I, and, but but let's be clear. American Eagle punched Cottonmouth mm-hmm. in the mouth, literally inside the mouth. Mm-hmm. He that punched him in his superpower. That's amazing. <laughs> punched him in his superpower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's lovely. No, it is. And the art is gorgeous. It is definitely not. So one of the things I do love about books when you let an artist just go and do their their thing, I would read almost anything that I Izanove did. Um, I'm it was beautiful. The colors were were perfect for a book set in the American Southwest slash on the on the Navajo Reservation Navajo lands it was absolutely beautiful. Um, it's also worth pointing out that this may be the only time in comic history that there's been a native American hero who hasn't been super stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look no further than red wolf currently on stands. I you mean, know, I, I'd like episode or episode. I liked issue one. I, haven't I actually haven't read it, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you just <laughs> so, look at the guy and you go, yep, he's an Indian. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's totally there. Um, the covers of uh, Red Wolf, though, are absolutely stunning. Uh, I just, on a, even if you're just like looking through the racks and you wanted to find something new, like the covers of the Red Wolf books would grab your attention. So, you know, Nathan Edmondson, I gave it a shot. I think it's already canceled. Uh, you know, I mean, I remember way back in the day when there is a Red Wolf uh, versus Nomad way back in the 90s. Um, Tim was probably on hiatus and Vince, I don't know. You, I don't know if you picked it up or not, but I still have it somewhere. I guarantee is the, is for alternate one reason or another, I didn't care. Hologram version? I did not. Pick, there was no, no, no. Uh, number one's got crappy hologram versions. This was like well into the decline of the of the uh of the book um so yeah well that's american eagle we all love it i think everybody should go fire up their marvel unlimited or go see if you can find uh, uh it as a flop somewhere in your favorite local comic book store i think it was reprinted somewhere R- i like hope in the so. back of like a team up or something i just feel very good that i made all of all comics considered staff read it because it was worthy we see that's how things work in Comic Book Informer. We force each other to read comics. <laughs> you know, we don't force. We're much more. We just we don't force each other. We just force ourselves onto your show and take it over <laughs> and run it into the ground. Um, but that's just my superpower. I make things worse. So if oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just picturing you as Black Cat, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Well, I, got, I guess I got my Halloween costume for next year already picked out. <laughs> I just have to start working off the spare tire because no one wants to see this jiggle. Um, let's move on. Uh, if you are a fan of Comic Book Informer, you should check out this week's issue of All Comics Considered because... Uh, you uh, guys do issues now? We do issues. We're all, Where'd you get that idea from? Um... Uh, from you, Vince, we learned. Okay. I, see, if I do the, I learned it from watching you. Roger's going to throw something in here. Like, <laughs> you can't say that as a comeback, blah, 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 whatever. If I can't make 80s anti-drug PSA ads when I want to, this isn't the America I want to live in. Um, but the last week's, this week's episode, we talk about making characters less boring. And Tim would like to join our conversation. Uh, Vince hit a home run with Cyclops because it is a softball, but still, it was a, a home run that needed to be hit. I talked about some characters that you may or may not disagree with. And Tim, I'd like you to talk about the character you would like to make less boring. Before I do that, I'd like to say that I feel like Cyclops became less boring when he assumed the red costume and also assumed the Malcolm X persona. I think he's redeemed himself from boringness a little bit. Mm. Putting that out out there. And the red costume looks cool. The red costume only looks cool when Chris Piccolo draws it. Granted. Yes. Yes. Well, Chris Piccolo, he's, yeah, he's Chris Piccolo. All right. How do I make a boring character less boring? And who is my boring character? And that would be Henry Pym, a.k.a. Ant-Man, a.k.a. Giant Man, a.k.a. Yellow Jacket, a.k.a. The Scientist Supreme, a.k.a. Wasp, ugh. AKA Ultron's daddy. So the most boring character in the Marvel universe is Hank Pym. They've done everything they could to make him interesting. They've made him shrink. They've made him grow. They gave him the coolest costume in the Marvel universe, which is the yellow jacket costume. And they even call him the scientist Supreme to try to compete with Dr. Strange. Um, But, but there's just nothing that they can, nothing sticks. There's nothing they can do to redeem him. After he beat his wife, he was forever tainted by that. And, I mean, you know, he's he's bland. He's the super genius that is not as smart as Reed Richards, Victor Von Doom, or Tony Stark. He might be smarter than Amadeus Cho. It's debatable. But he's about as interesting as plain mashed potatoes on top of saltines. He just cares. <laughs> There's a lot of saltine references lately between <laughs> our shows. And I'm not sure where this is coming from. And I'm not sure I'm really comfortable with it either. I'm sorry. He's as boring as a jar of mayonnaise. Oh, ooh. I'm saying he's white. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said, ooh. I got that one. Um, 
how can you make uh, Hank Pym not boring? How can you make him more exciting? The only thing I could think of is have him, I have a story idea to shrink him down so he's in the microverse, effectively absent from the Marvel Universe whatsoever. He does heroic stuff over there, out of sight and out of mind. That's my idea. <laughs> I kind of don't agree with you because I don't think he's a boring character. Just that everything interesting about him is completely horrible and stuff we'd probably rather not talk about. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, but even even that part is boring because it's been told. Yeah. Because that's, that's, dwell on it. that's become his character is that he's a complete screw up. Like, did either of you read uh, the run of Mighty Avengers? I think it was where he was leading the team. Yes. What I th- it was like U.S. agent and I think Hercules and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the entire premise of that run was Hank Pym is an irredeemable screw up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even worse than U.S. agent at being a leader. I, the, the, uh, this is a page I will never forget, which is when his t- version of Avengers runs up against Tony Stark's version of the Avengers. <laughs> and he tries to assert dominance. It's like, no, no, this is my thing. I got this. We were here first. And Stark's rebuttal is basically... But you're you. You are the worst hero ever. I mean, come on, get it together, Yellow Jacket or whatever he called him. He's like, no, I'm the wasp now. And he's like, thanks for making my point for me. <laughs> I'm the wasp now. And that was post Secret uh, Invasion? Yeah, that was after Janet died. Yeah. Just, Air quotes died. You know, Mark Wade used uh, Yellow Jacket somewhat effectively in Daredevil. Hey, Comic Book Informer listeners, I'm on your show talking about Daredevil now. Anyway, uh, he used him somewhat effectively uh, as just a guy to help consult Matt and help treat Foggy's cancer and do some other cool stuff and, like, spoiler, help fake Foggy's death. It was a it was a pretty cool use of Hank Pym, but he was just support. And also, at the time, Marvel was trying to get him to be redeemed with the Avengers AI run. Um, did anybody pick up that comic? I read the first issue. Yeah, that's I like Doombot. I like Doombot. Doombot was not enough to make me want to read the rest of that. It is a fallout from Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron, which no relation to the Joss Whedon film of last year. And did you read the the Rage of Ultron graphic novel? I did not. We talked about it uh, a few months ago when it came out. It's not good. <laughs> it makes Hank, Hank Pym even worse. Wasn't that well? That was Remender's uh, Rage of Ultron. Yeah. Remender. Yeah, I remember. Remender's the Hank Pym of comics. <laughs> I said it. It's the worst. You know, uh, the talk of uh, Tokyo Ghost has me vaguely interested in picking that book up, but I'm gonna keep on waiting. Um, uh, my buddy Joe just started picking it up, and my my comic book dealers uh, are trying to get me to pick it up. It's one of those things where I'm aware that there are certain problematic elements to it, mm-hmm. but I still like it. <laughs> yeah. No, there, there's you can like problematic things. You just got to know you got to know when your nope point is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we all have a different one. Yep. I have noped out of all of DC for a while. Yeah. You and me both. Um, with some exceptions. Um, which I will talk about when we go over the new releases for this week, which is I've never done that before. It's going to be very yeah, interesting. Congratulations on getting all of them. I Well, yes, I got all of them so I could go through and look and see which ones I actually wanted to I'd be interested in picking up. Um, but I'm not going to go through all of them. That's just ridiculous. Um, anyway, it's a big week. It is. Uh, and there's so many publishers that don't get the – talked about and i just wanted to bring some up there's also uh one on here that's uh literally just for tim because he's my new favorite um and lastly before we get to our new releases i'd like to talk really quickly because both of our shows have talked about this a lot um that we're we're done with events we're burned out on events we're going to get yet another event in like two months so what's a good solution that we can give to people who are done with events? Like when you're burned out. Find something else interesting to do with your time. <laughs> like, Start but I, writing I, your own I, shitty stories. Yeah, this is true. 
I, I think for me, like, and this is something I, I try to talk about whenever I come across a great one uh, here on CBI is I turn to web comics. Like if you still want to get like a comic, but don't want to deal with, you know, universe spanning crossovers or any of that, find something self-contained and is doing its own thing. And if you're finding a new web comic you've never read before, odds are you've got several years worth of stuff to read. So, and it's, with very few exceptions, it's going to be its own thing, something else mm-hmm. for you to enjoy. And more often than not, free as well. <laughs> there have been a lot of good webcomic people coming over to traditional comics. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think Kate Leth, and then, of course, Jim Zub, and, of course, the guy who is writing God Hates Astronauts, which I have yet to pick up, but I hear is absolutely hysterical. But um, I know Chris Hastings has done a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Dr. McNinja is awesome. So I think finding a good webcomic, that is a fantastic idea. I also like Tim's idea of like, go write your own stories. I think that's a good way to, you know, recover from burnout. Um, but don't go write your version of the story you don't like. <laughs> I, there, there's a certain amount of catharsis in that, but mm-hmm. I, I would encourage people to be a little more constructive. I yeah, think that's true. But it, it, you can't do anything with it. You yeah. can't sell it. You're gonna you're gonna put it up on Tumblr. That's it's just it's just a bunch of mental masturbation. Quack. Can you quack that out? Uh, no, I think that one's okay. Yeah. Why so would don't you do quack? That. Why would you I quack don't. masturbation? I, I don't know. I don't quack anything, so I don't know. <laughs> quack um, this. Go. Speaking of quacking, uh, go to oglaugh.com as well. O G L. Oh yes. Uh, it's not safe for work, so don't do that work. But it's hilarious. It's nothing uh, but quacks. It's all quacks all the time. Um, all quacks considered. It's the new thing. I, I think what I would do if I were burned out on uh, big universe-spanning um, storylines is to, is to go back into the dig, dig back into the back issues. I really feel like reading Marv Wolfman's uh, New Teen Titans from back in the eighties. So I just saw someone post an image of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that was so good. That's what got me into the whole thing. So My only was- caveat with that is eventually going back into those back issues, you're going to reach a point where they do a crossover. <laughs> yeah. They did. They did a crossover with the X-Men and the Phoenix. Oh, no, I, I'm not saying New Teen Titans great. X-Men was frigging great, but <laughs> eventually you're going to get to that same point with everything. Do, do you know why it was great? It was a one shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it didn't cause you know continuity spanning repercussions for decades. No, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would personally recommend looking for the the bottom, not the bottom tier, but the next tier down books. I mean, of course, the Avengers, the X Men, Justice League—they're going to have their crossovers. That's how a lot of people in comics think they're going to make money. I'm not entirely sure they're making enough money on it, but that's what they're thinking, if they right? Weren't, they'd stop. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you're just full bore and you don't you're running your because train and you don't stop in time. I, I don't know. There there are so many people who still pick up all these crossovers, if for no other reason than to hate read them. You know, <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to if it's one other book, I'm I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. But if it's multiple books, I mm, no. Hey, there there's so many people that I, I know were like, oh my God, this crossover's terrible. Like, well, why are you reading it? Because I gotta. <laughs> right. They're compelled. Well, it's the same reason why you're, you know, eight years old and you're in a sandbox and you take all your action figures out. You don't play with one, you play with all of them. You mash them up. That's and true. That's what this is. It's mash them up heroes. He Man never fought my Transformers. <laughs> oh, He Man fought my Transformers and he, he lost. Um, Jazz beat the crap out of He Man multiple times. And, and Flint was a good cross team leader in, in my headcanon. But I would recommend going to the back of your comic book store or going to some of the uh, publishing uh, websites that I'm going to mention as we go through the new releases this month, or excuse me, this week, and just try something new. Like pick up something that you have never picked up before. Take that $5 that you have in your hand, like that you're going to do and spend on Civil War II number zero, unless you're me and you're a sucker, and go buy, I don't know, um, Maybe you want to read a vampire book. Vampirella is a thing that people like. I'm not one of them, but Vampirella. Maybe go with American Vampire instead. American Vampire would be a fantastic idea. Um, 
or go to, you know, pick up something from Boom or from Oni. They are mm-hmm. putting out some good stuff. Yeah. Or from Valiant. Or from Valiant, but Valiant is in the middle of its crossover. But 4001 AD. This is actually something I, I've wanted to say since you guys first started talking about Valiant. And it's one of the things I do love about the publisher. Mm-hmm. They have a limit on the number of comics they put out. So if they want to do this really cool 4001 crossover, they will adjust their publishing schedule so that other books reach a natural ending point and can go away for a while. Like I think because they did a, a presentation at uh, Supercon down here in Florida, which I liked the comics before, but I loved the comics after listening to, you know, essentially the CEO on stage. Like it's a small company talking mm-hmm. about like their publishing, you know, ideas that they never want to put out more than 10. 10 or 12 titles a month. So if they do want to do a big crossover like 4001, which even that is not a huge crossover, it's mm-hmm. three books a month. It's they, they plan for it and they go, okay, you know, what's reaching its ending point. Uh, okay. Uh, what is it? Uh, the, the one that's spun out of Harbinger, I forget what it's called. Like, okay, that's going to reach a natural ending point around the same time. So that's when we can start up something new. So Archer and Armstrong went away for a while when they were doing the whole book of death and all that stuff. And then now that that's over with, Archer and Armstrong has reached a point in its story where it can stop logically and then start again. So they, they don't just throw stuff out there. It's they, they never overwhelm their readers. No, I think that is actually a genius idea. Um, it's a, a fantastic way to manage your resources. Uh, and yeah, I've they been can't a big afford to publish 50 books a month. No, 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 no. Um, but they can't afford to put out like way too many variant covers, which is something that like <laughs> uh, it's fun if you collect, but mm-hmm. not fun if you're on a budget. Um, but you don't need to get every variant cover, everybody. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You, shouldn't. you should not do that. You shouldn't get any variant cover. No. I am make very them, anti-variant. Make them, make them learn from their dumb, dumb ideas. I'm sorry if there's a Scotty Young cover or a uh, – some of the others, I'm going to pick it up. You're such a sucker. If you want a cool Scotty Young cover, find him at a convention and spend that money that you would have spent on an overpriced variant on a commission. On $100? I think, oh no, that was his pages. I'm sorry. That was his, he was selling his pages for 100 bucks. All right. So you guys are anti-variant. Fine, whatever. Just, um, just get the variant that you like. Just get the Scotty Young cover. That's what I did. That's all I Don't do. Don't get the other ones. I don't. Because I don't have, I'm not made of money. Contrary to popular belief, government employees don't make a lot of money. Um, oh, one other thing I would say about when you're burnt out on big, big series, whatever you do, don't start a PA comics podcast because we can't take the competition. We can take the competition. They should start. I think we would learn from them. I mean, we can only go up, dude. Tim, we can only get better. Can we? Nobody's competing for your spot. <laughs> No, people end up in our spot. You don't compete for us. Well, all right. Let's head down to the new releases. There's like a this, thousand of these things. I know, but there's some stuff that's in here. That, you copy and paste the entire web page. That's what I did because I was reading them. Jeez. All right. From Boom Studios this week, we have Klaus number five, which I bring up because you guys did not like, and I thought it was hilarious. I actually loved the, I loved the first issue. I haven't read really it since. Like Oh, it was, it was Roger that didn't like it. Yeah. I apologize. Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems, number two of four. Yeah. From, from Darby Pop, Bruce Lee, The Dragon Rises. Tim, this might be something you would like to check out. That was for you. From DC Comics, we're doing a very limited release to respect uh, Roger's boycott, but I'm putting some stuff up here that would be of interest. Number one, the Gotham Central Omnibus, which is $100, but... It's a great story. Midnighter number 12 and Scalped Deluxe Hardcover Edition, uh, volume four. From IDW, we have Insufferable on the road number four and the second volume trade paperback. Have either of you guys ever read Mark Wade's Insufferable? Yeah, nope. I've read it over on um, his website. Thrillbent. It's called Thrillbent, yeah. Oh, uh, I loved it. Um, Star Trek Manifest Destiny number two. Star Trek New Visions, volume 11. We have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Allies and Enemies, old en- Enemies Old, Enemies New, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Order from Chaos, trade paperback. From Image, a fairly big week, we've got Three Floyds, Alpha King number one. Who among you has had Alpha King the beer before? This is a beer-based comic, guys. No. No, no. 
Okay. Just saying. Uh, Three Floyds is a wonderful microbrewery in the Midwest. Shout out to my people. They have uh, a comic book? They got a comic book. Is there a Rolling Rock comic book? No, but there is a Revolution Beer comic book as well that debuted at C2E2. The uh, show is just at. We have Descender, Volume 2, uh, Nailbiter, Number 21, Rat Queens, 16, The Walking Dead, 154, and The Walking Dead Adult Coloring Book. <laughs> I wanted Why? to throw that in there. Why? That's It's uh, a black and white comic. I know. And how much gore and purple and black and green are you going to use? Because that is gross. Uh, We Stand on Guard, Deluxe Hardcover Edition, and The Wicked and Divine, number 19. Uh, The reason reason why about the Walking Dead adult coloring book is that it's $14.99. Yeah. (laughs) Cha-ching. There you go. I would totally check, uh, recommend everybody, though, pick up uh, The Wicked and Divine. It is amazing. Let's move on. Marvel Comics has a huge week, and we can see where I'm going to be spending a significant amount of my money. A-Force number five, all-new X-Men, Inevitable Volume 1, Ghosts of Cyclops. Vince, that might be where Cyclops dies. Um, That is the weirdest title I've ever seen. I, yeah. It's just a bunch of words that they smashed together. Ghosts of Cyclopses. Of Cyclops, no, not Cyclopses. Cyclopsi. Amazing Spider-Man number 12. Amazing Spider-Man in Silk. The Spider-Fly Effect, three of four. Is anybody reading that? No. I didn't think so. Black Widow number three. Uh, I think everybody should go read that. Uh, Daredevil by Mark Wade and Chris Somney, volume five in hardcover. Daredevil Punisher, one of four. Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, by Abnet and Landing, uh, the Omnibus Hardcover Edition, also $100. But this is the yeah. basis of the movie. And yeah, read it. Yeah. Or or for that price, though, you can get a full year of Marvel Unlimited. And actually yeah, read it on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gwenpool, number zero, which Roger thought was really funny. Invincible, Iron Man, number nine. Marvel Universe, Avengers Assemble, Civil War number three, which is a movie tie-in, so don't buy it. Uh, Moon Knight. What's that? Why is it on the list then? I just wanted to say it. Uh, Moon Knight number two, New Avengers 11, Nova number seven. Are you still reading Nova, Vince? Okay. Quick fun fact about Nova. In Spanish, it means no go. Perfect. Uh, Which is where my money will not go. (laughs) Sam Alexander might be one of the one of the uh a character equivalent to a kamala khan she is he is going to be pretty amazing punisher uh number one rocket and group number five is anybody reading scarlet no i didn't like it when it first started forever yeah. ago well scarlet I don't, is returned. i don't know anything about it what is it scarlet is alex malieve brian michael bendis dystopian hmm. uh Girls going to start the revolution book. Uh, it's coming back, and I thought it would be of interest. It's it's on my list of things to read. That's why it's on here. It's kind of hard to resist a Bendis Maliv pair up. Uh, exactly. It's a very pretty comic. It is very pretty. The the, the panels alone make me want. Yeah, to buy. It, it's got fantastic layouts. I'll give it that much. Scarlet Witch number six. This book is very interesting since they're all self-contained one shots with rotating artists kind of like shorter versions of the moon Knight runs that we have been dealing with spider gwen number eight star wars poe dameron number two thunderbolts number one the jim zub thunderbolts everybody we're all going to be picking that up and a series of they're going to be re-releasing chewbacca darth vader droids kanan lando Shattered Empire, Star Wars, Star Wars Classic, and Vader Down. So if you missed the number ones of Marvel's Star Wars line, you're in luck. You can spend a whole dollar at Free Comic Book Day and get what you missed. Uncanny X-Men number seven. If it's a dollar, is it still free? Seems wrong. Well, you'll you'll spend a dollar, but they'll get like two dollars. You get like two comics for it, so... It's not free-free, but it's mostly free. Uh, No one is reading Uncanny X-Men number seven, but in case you really want to torture yourself with yet another crossover, Uncanny X-Men number seven. I'm probably going to read it just because of the stupid crossover, and I hate myself. (laughs) You're one of those guys. Listen, I I fully admit I have a blind spot when it comes to the (laughs) X-Men. We also have X-Men 92 and X-Day... X days, X Men, Days of Future Past, prose novel. It's a mass market paperback. Uh, so 
Mm. Who knows? Maybe read it again. And finally, from Valiant Entertainment, a uh, 4001 AD, one of four, and a deluxe edition of Ray. It's volume one, I believe, of the new series. So also worth checking out. It, the first volume was actually pretty good. Hmm. All right. Well, that's all she wrote, folks. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for checking us out. We are uh, Marty and Tim from All Comics Considered. You can find us every week on Wednesday now that we have a superstar guest editor. Uh, you can always find me at Officer Gleason on Twitter. And Tim, where can we find you? You can find me at Tim Considers on the Twitters and running our Facebook page at All Comics Considered. And a quick uh, correction, Steve is not our guest editor. He is our permanent editor, and he's amazing. Well, he'll be permanent when we cut him his first paycheck or send him a series of lottery tickets from across the country. <laughs> Vince, a pleasure as always, my friend. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting us uh, trample over your lawn. Yeah. Hopefully you can recover from the train wreck that we have left your your baby in. Listen, it can't be anything worse than what you guys are going to go back to. Wow, I don't feel so bad for some of our bumpers now. Quack, quack, quack. And then you have your insert your bumper there. And 52 minutes, 17 seconds. Bumper? bumper. I do those live. N- no. There's the mm-hmm. whole thing. You do, you have your... um. You're, you know, check out Popcorn Ronin. Ah, yes, the, the, the outro. The outro. Okay. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.